the Mel K show. Many of you have seen my guest on amazing other podcasts. He was on the forefront of warning uh, we the people about an organization that I firmly believe we should all have our eyes on and uh, be at this point aware are not our friends nor the friends of anyone else. Uh, thank you for joining me, James Rajewski. I really appreciate you being here. Well, thanks for having me. It has been um, too long. I've been open to get connected and here we are. I know, um, and I'm for... so excited about it because I have been following your work for a very long time. You were somebody who educated me about the World Health Organization more than almost anyone. I don't think until the pandemic kicked off, most people even ever paid attention to them. So uh, thank you for your work. First and foremost, uh, tell my audience a little bit about who you are, and then we'll get into when you started to really uh, think that you know it was red alert time when it came to the World Health Organization. Well, I'm uh, going to be turning 64 this year, and so I've done quite a number of things in those 64 years. I don't think you want to hear my life story, but uh, it really started in earnest um, back almost you know around two years ago. Um, I this people may find this hard to believe, but this is my story. I was working in my in my yard. I have a little tiny bit of a food forest. Um, I've got maybe 500 square feet, a little tiny piece of land here in the Los Angeles area. And I think I've got 16 or 17 trees in my little tiny food forest. So you can imagine. And I was out there working one day and I just stopped and I was inspired. I looked up to the heavens and I said, God, I volunteer. Just tell me what you want me to do and I'll do it. And I've done that before. And I've had, you know, immediate inspirations of, wow, you know, this is what I could work on has led to some books and things like that. Yeah. But pretty much nothing happens. It's like, okay, you know, the offer stands. If there's ever anything that I could do, I'm, I'm here to serve. And on February 7th, just about two years ago, a week shy of two years ago, I got a notice from my website hosting company that um, everything I'd done for the last decade was gone. And I, my first thought, honestly, was, well, the Lord works in mysterious ways. That's going to free up some time to do something, right? And so um, a short period later, I got aroused from a solid sleep at about four in the morning and compelled to go on the internet to look for something, which was not unusual. I mean, I'm sure you know you're on the computer all the time. Right. But I found an article that said that they had obtained a document, and the word document was a hyperlink. So I I'm curious. I clicked on it, went down the rabbit hole, and that was my entry into the land of the WHO. Prior to that time, I had been paying them no attention, you know, like most everybody else. Right. But that was a document that the Biden administration had submitted more than two months prior to that in January. And I started reading it and I got to a certain section of it and a shiver went down my spine. I'm like, what do I have here? Wow. And that's when I accepted, you know, the assignment, if you will. Um, I had something that I thought other people needed to know about. And so I started, you know, speaking up. Yep. And I, I honestly don't believe it was really due to anything that I did. I think it was because 
there's a rule that says any amendments that have to um, are going to be considered at the yearly May assembly. Article 55 says that nations have to submit them five months, I'm sorry, four months in advance. And so to their credit, the Biden administration did that. And in that four months, the other nations of the world looked at what they had proposed and they kicked it to the curb before the meeting ever even started. And so what you know happened along the way was a lot of people awakened to, wait a minute, international health regulations, what the heck are those? Well, I'm going to guess, I don't know, and it's rude to ever ask a woman her age, but um, I, I'm wondering if you were even a gleam in your parents' eyes when the moonshot was happening in July of 1969, whether they were landing on the moon or um, you know, doing something in a Hollywood studio, right. at that at that same moment in time, the 22nd World Health Assembly was being conducted in Boston, Massachusetts. And five days after the moon landing, um, they adopted for the first time the international health regulations on July 25th, 1969. So who was paying attention to that? Yeah, my parents weren't even yeah. thinking about me at that point, but um, but yeah, I mean these are these are the things that people don't understand that these organizations their their long game has been played mm -hmm. for a very long time without our eyes on them. That was one of what I call many of the uh, situations that came out of COVID that really woke woke up the world. And I my, most of my work is following the money. I've been a huge. Uh, proponent of leaving the United Nations well before I started the show. Mm -hmm. I had written a screenplay years ago about um, uh, Eichmann in Jerusalem, but so several other things. And the same people who funded the United Nations time and again, whether I was writing about Vietnam or I was writing about, you know, uh, Nazi Germany or I was writing about the Fed, whatever it was, I'd find the same five, six names. And those are the same five, six names who are also involved in the World Health Organization. So you put together the dots and you say, wow, that World Health Organization is a tool of what I call this octopus of global control, but not one that was getting a lot of attention when now in retrospect, we absolutely should have been giving it attention. So we, um, so during COVID, when I was looking into it early on, the thing that bothered me the most was that the World Health Organization had this tag group that was run by somebody I've been talking about for years. Uh, one of the people, the U.S. representative was Cass Sonstein. And the whole document and the whole group at the World Health Organization was all about scaring us to death from what I could see under the guise of COVID was going to kill so many people. And they would update it all the time. And, you, and I was thinking... This is a psychological operation coming out of the World Health Organization. And so that's when I first saw your work because it was way deeper than I imagined. And then when you had first put out the amendments by the Biden administration, it appeared, because I believe that they're all in for Agenda 2030 and that's their job, it appeared that the Biden administration was even harsher and putting in things that real dictatorships rejected. <laughs> So, so was that when you first saw that, what, what was your take on it? And this representative that Biden had sent that was, you know, making, you know, North Korea think, what is this? <laughs> well, I'm going to rewind it a little tiny bit from when I got started, because I'm, I'm going to imagine that you and your audience and anybody in this video 
you're going to need to start out by erasing everything that you've come to learn over the last four years, teleport yourself back to the beginning of 2020. And, you know, whatever the heck it was that happened in 2020, the, the general idea at the end of 2020 was, oh, well, you know, we have these wonderful jabs. They're going to make everything go back to normal. We just got to get a couple of jabs and everybody on the planet, you know, that's going to fix everything. And so those rolled out in 2021. And originally it was talked about that, well, they'll give it to, the, you know, doctors and nurses, frontline emergency personnel, because they're vulnerable. Right. And, you know, other people, the elderly, people with comorbidities, that sort of thing. But that's not what happened. What happened was the countries who could, like Canada, you know, ordered 400 million jabs for 40 million people, 10 shots per person. Okay. And the European Union, the UK, the United States, Australia, New Zealand, so forth, they bought up all of the available production. And the US pretty much cornered the market on Rondethismir. And so when you look at all of the other things, the ventilators and midazolam and the Paxlovid and Molnupiravir and all of the many different jabs, the other smaller nations around the world said, hey, you guys are hogging up all that wonderful poison. Where's ours? Uh, that's not exactly what they said, but you get my idea. Yes, I do. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, and so by the end of 2021, they called for a special session of the World Health Assembly. And on December 1st, they put out a declaration that said they wanted the WHO to guide negotiations for a new international, their phrase at the time was CAII, Convention, Agreement, or Other International Instrument, um, to make sure that all nations would have equitable access to pandemic-related products. Does it sound like a pharmaceutical agent wrote that? Yes, it does. Yes, okay. it does. And, and so what was really going on is they were looking at it. Now, maybe they were, some of them, naive, believing that pharmaceutical drugs and jabs are somehow good for your health. And they were touted and promoted as being life-saving things that everybody has to have. And if everybody got them, life would go back to normal. And so their, their argument to this day is not about your health. They're not talking about whether those things stopped infection or transmission, or even if the tests, you know, which weren't tests, right? right? The PCR process is a laboratory process. It's not a diagnostic test. They're not, they're not in interviewing doctors or nurses or experts, you know, in that. No, this is a trade dispute. It should have been, if anywhere, in the World Trade Organization, because what they're arguing over is access to pharmaceutical products and all of the accoutrements that go along with it, the testing, you know, equipment, so forth. And and so when the Biden administration put forth these amendments in January 18th, 2022, that was about a month and a half after this special session of the World Health Assembly. And he certainly didn't say anything that those nations had just said they wanted. 
what he wanted to do was shorten the time frame, amongst other things, right. to put into effect the next round, which is the current round that we're dealing with now. Yeah. Currently, it takes two years for any amendments to actually come into legally binding force. He wanted to shorten that to six months. Now you go, well, wait a minute, what, what's your hurry? W look at the calendar. If you go ahead to the end of May this year, the World Health Assembly actually ends on June 1st. So go six months out from there, you're still in the Biden administration. That would be December 1st. They wanted to shorten the time frame so that they could ram through the next pile and boom, it's over. Well, that didn't work out so great for them because it just got totally kicked to the curb. But then they, in my view, they illegitimately submitted a new package of amendments, which quite frankly, nobody talks about really, that Article 55 says you have to give four months notice. Well, they submitted it in the middle of the pro, you know, of the assembly. Right. They held secret meetings in the back room. I mean, literally, there's video of them saying, "Well, we're going to turn off the cameras. We've got a room over in the back of the Palace of Nations. We're going to go talk back there. We'll be back later." And they come back later. They explain what they decided in the back room, and they then proceeded to publish a document on May 28th, 2022, that said that they had adopted these amendments to five articles. Tiny little problem, they never actually voted. Wow. So they yeah. said, you know, they said in the eighth session that these were adopted, but you can go back and watch the eighth session. And they did a bunch of, you know, bureaucratic stuff, but they never actually voted on that. So eight. Um, 18 months to the day after that, on November 28th, a little more than two months ago from today, right. we got a dozen members of the European Parliament to write a letter to Tedros saying, you know, um, everybody's worried about these amendments, but we can't find any evidence that the Assembly voted on them. Right. And so short of evidence that there was a vote, these are all null and void. Right. Now, that's just one example of how they can just blatantly cheat right. on video in plain sight, publish documents that claim to be certified, you know, official documents. But if you actually really look at it, there's no wet signature there. There's right. no official anybody putting anybody's name to it, right? And and as long as they, you know, put the watch in front of you and hypnotize you, sure. Oh, the WHO said so. You know, I've I've often called them the World Hypnosis Organization yeah. because people just go, oh, okay, I guess we have to do what they say because they're special. Yeah, now, it's amazing. It's amazing. Can you tell my audience that might not know who is Tedros? How, why was he picked? Where does he come from? And um, apparently, from what I'm seeing now and what I've been reading, and I follow your Substack as well. He has this this crazy authority, apparently, somehow that somebody gave him, I guess, the the CCP or Gates or whoever. So can you tell my audience who he is? Because a lot of people don't know who he is or his background or why he's in this kind of position. Well, he is officially the director general of the World Health Organization. And I want to make a very clear distinction that the WHO 
is different than the WHA. The World Health Assembly, which is the 194 member nations, they meet once a year, they are supposed to be the governing body of the World Health Organization. Oh. So it's it's unlike our government, which has three branches, they have two, but there's supposed to be a hierarchy. The World Health Assembly is supposed to make, you know, set the oh, policy. Wow. Yeah, they sell and, it like it's the opposite. Well, the same has happened in, I think, almost any governing body around the world. Um, the People's House, you know, Congress, Senate, the World Health Assembly, parliaments, wherever they may be. Yeah. They are supposed to set law and policy, and the executive branch is supposed to implement it. Same with the WHO. All of the member nations have standing as assembly members at the World Health Assembly. They're supposed to make regulations or make policy for the WHO. And the executive branch, um, made up of the director general and what they call the secretariat, which is a you know, it's a horse from 1973, or it's, you know, a fancy word for a bunch of secretaries doing a bunch of paperwork, right? Right. They're supposed to implement policy, whatever is decided. But over the years, you know, the assembly meets once a year, the secretariat's got a $4 billion budget to play with. And so you can see with our executive branch exploding yeah. out of control on every single level of government, yeah. Um, the will of the people is just pushed to the side right. and the executives who are all there all the time playing with all the money right. um, are not being held accountable. So Tedros is chosen as a, a good pawn to do the bidding of the WHO's donors, because the problem way back when, maybe at some point more than 20 years ago, the WHO was funded by donations from the member nations who are supposed to govern the action of the executive branch. Mm -hmm. But they didn't really want to give him all that much money after SARS and all this, you know, 20 years ago. Right. And they changed the rules and they started accepting donations in a big way from various organizations. One of the ones that will probably shock many people is the Rotary International. Um, hmm. A couple of years ago, they gave like a hundred million dollars. Wow! I was I was shopping at a grocery store nearby here, and in the parking lot was a little Mini Cooper, and it was all decaled up. Um, you know the uh, international Park? logo. Right. Um, they're they're spending hundreds of millions of dollars to stop polio, and so they donate hundreds of millions of dollars, and it is earmarked for whatever it is they want to have done. And so 80, 84% of the WHO's budget in 2022 was donations from nations and other you know, organizations. The US was obligated to give about $200 million, but they gave an additional three quarters of a billion. And so there's a saying, you know, he who um, pays the piper calls the tune. Right. Well, Tedros and everybody else are essentially marketing agents for whoever gives them money. 
Right. And so they're, they are in the middle right now. One of the things that they were talking about last week at their executive board meeting was the 14th general program of work. You know how Soviet Russia used to have a five-year plan and communist China has a 10-year plan? Yes. Well, they have a four-year plan, 2025, 26, 27, 28. Right. They need, they need to raise, according to them, over $7 billion in donations so, you know, um, reserve some time at the end of 2024. They're going to be having some very swanky events. Right. Um, whining and dining, um, heads of state and leaders of all of these foundations and, you know, all of the very wealthy people. They're going to spend, according to them, up to five and a half million dollars to do what I call begging for billions. Right. They Trying need to money. Raise money. WH Fundraising. Yeah. And, and so, you know, Tedros is essentially um, the marketing arm for all of these donors who circulate money through their laundering system yep. to go back. And, you know, they tout it not as donations. They call it investments. Oh, really? And the last I heard, it's... the last I heard, they're promising. They say, oh, well, you know, nations get a 35 to 1 return on their investments. Uh -huh. That's and, interesting. And go, well, you know, they funnel money through. Now, this is not to um, say anything bad about any of the individual nations that I might mention. But, you know, I went looking through, well, what are the dues that nations have to pay? And the one that struck out in my head was Central African Republic. Their dues were like $5,000. Now, you ask yourself, when people pay way more than that, to right. join a country club, it's not for the golfing. It's for the connections, connections that you right. make sure. and maybe the contracts that you can win. So if you're a nation and you have to donate five, 10, 20, 30, 50,000, 100,000, whatever it might be to get a seat at the table, but tens of millions of dollars of contracts might be coming back your way. Right. Or if you're a foundation and you donate money and it feeds the beast of all of the investments that you have. Right. Yeah. That that seed money typically is followed by government money. Oh, well, you know, they're donating, you know, Rotary is donating a, a hundred million dollars for polio. And so is Bill and Melinda Gates, and everybody else follows, everybody jumps on the bandwagon. Um, it's corruption on a scale that is unbelievable right especially and, when they call it investments because what they're saying is that they can call some kind of emergency and then they can now obviously google and youtube has added to their um their own community uh guidelines that the world health organization mm -hmm. is the authority on everything health in the world they've also expanded it to, as you know to climate change climate emergency systematic racism the who is in charge of all of those things being called a pandemic but the bottom line is, if you just look at it as as you just said about Tedros, he's a marketing advertising executive, and he's putting out what well, we have this pandemic, and here's here's what we say is the is the cure or the treatment, and then from then on, everyone can then 
in their own ways that are, you know, invested in this, then they can put out products that work or don't work or are dangerous or whatever. Well, who cares? Because, uh, like I said, they have an entire arm that is dedicated to psychological, uh, I believe, operations using all kinds of different mind and, and manipulation and propaganda as well at the World Health Organization. So then they can get the whole world to buy into something. And then who makes the money? Big Pharma. Uh, military industrial complex, it appears, and the governments that and the private investors like Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, who then funnels their money all back around their whole thing. So, I mean, it's very clear to see to anyone that wants to understand how the globalist oligarchy uh, funds their their operations. And the World Health Organization is one of the most powerful of them all, in my opinion, in terms of funneling money to them and then to funnel it out because what he always says, Tedros especially, but Schwab, all of them, uh, the UNESCO guy, they always say, well, we have global problems. So we obviously need global solutions. And those global solutions lead to global governance because obviously we need, you know, these sustainable global solutions. So now we're at a place where the World Health Organization has decided that they should be um, the lead of anything that happens going forward health-wise and yet people are out there like, no, they're a benevolent organization. They uh, they just care about the health of the world. But ever, in all their literature, what I see is is financial transactions. Hey, guys, Mel Kay here. Another great thing you can find on our website, themelkayshow.com, is our partners page. We've vetted all these people. They are patriot businesses. If we are going to defund the cabal, we really have to stop giving them our money. So we've come up with a bunch of different partners that support us, support America. They build jobs. They build the economy parallel, which is what we need. So please go to our partners page. Check everyone out. we got something for everyone there. And uh, they are patriots. We are patriots. You are patriots. we got to all stand together going forward. The economy is a big way to fight, and we can fight back by putting our dollars in the right places and not with the corporate entities that are trying to take our country down. So remember to go over to look at our partners page. We vetted everyone. These are real patriots. The best way to fight the cabal is to stop giving them your money. We have a parallel economy we're building, and you can be part of it. Go woke, go broke. We are done with that. Please go to our partners page. Everyone there is a patriot, just like you. Oh, exactly. And so in 2022, the last um, time I've seen um, paperwork, they'll probably be coming out in the next couple of months for 2023 numbers. They had, according to them, um, 8,851 employees who earned an average of $120,000. They spent $1.1 billion, 30% of their budget on salary. Wow. They spent less than half that amount on actual medical products. 37% of their budget went to outside contractors. So, you know, it's a money laundering that's scheme. That's a lot that... of employees for a, a health organization that's supposed to be kind of a, uh, a you know, I mean, I, ever, I think most people thought that they were like, uh, you know, like a benevolent small organization that was just cared about the, the health of mankind and were out there. You wouldn't think that that would require billions upon billions of dollars, let alone 8,000 employees. If really they were just, you know, this, uh, this, you know, kumbaya type, we want everyone on the planet to be healthy. Here's what you have to worry about. You know, it, it just doesn't even make any sense when you look at the numbers the way you're talking about. So if if I can dive into the weeds. Go ahead. Let's do and, it. And 
try to, again, go back to why are they even having these right. negotiations, right? Exactly. You know, put it in your mind that if you actually read the international health regulations, number one, you wouldn't need any sedatives because it would put you right out. Trust me, it really does. I you have you've to done the it. work. Thank you. You have to read it a chunk at a time. It'll put you right to sleep. But if you just read the titles, you'd, you wouldn't call them health regulations. You would call them the international surveillance, monitoring, reporting, emergency declaring, fear-mongering, right. you know, control regulations. Um, one of the things that's in there, I have a little prop here. This is an old school vaccine passport, and there's a little form in there, okay? Yeah. That, that's, that is in Annex 6 of the international health regulations. One of the things that they want to implement is a huge expansion on that beyond just a vaccine certificate. They want a testing certificate, a prophylaxis certificate, a recovery certificate, a traveler locator form, you know, basically tracking and tracing. Yeah. They want a passenger health declaration. They want it all to be tied to a QR code so they can essentially govern where people go in moving about the planet. Now, they're being really sneaky about this because they're saying, well, each nation has the authority to infringe upon the rights of non-citizens. Now that appeals to probably many people in your audience. It's very sneaky. Well, we don't want those dirty foreigners coming in without being jabbed properly. So every nation can restrict the rights right. of every non-citizen and then if you get every nation to do that, you're living in planet lockdown. And everyone's a non-citizen somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> I it's, mean, they're, they're, their language, I call it Klaus Schwabian because I've been covering the World Economic <laughs> Forum for a long time. But it's like, it's it, this is what they do with all this, because uh, I, I call it the 17 development goals to track and trace surveillance to totalitarian, you know, lockdown for the world. But I mean, this is the World Health Organization vaccine pass was the I think that they've what during COVID what I noticed was they rolled that out in the way you're saying to make it sound like it was to protect the, the nations. Oh, it's for your convenience, right? Always yeah. for convenience, without telling everyone that it also connected to a digital global ID and the digital global infrastructure and all of this stuff that is already in all the documents of every single one of their sister organizations, including UNESCO, World. You you brought up um. The, or we brought up the World Trade Organization, but World Bank, all the way up to the BIS, but also, you know, uh, WEF, World Health Organization, UNESCO, um, and then the UN, obviously, is is running this. And then at the end of the day, what, you, what everyone should be asking themselves is, who's on the back end of watching all of this? Because when people say, oh, it can't be all of that, I'm like, they all have the same language. They're all in on Agenda 2030. They're all in on that. And nobody, and they, they all talk about nation states cannot survive. We need to be global governance. Who are they saying is on the back end of this? Who's watching this? Who? What is that? You're, yeah, you're, you're not old enough to remember it, but you're going to get me into an old Abbott and Costello routine. Who's on first, right? You know, the joke with that routine is one person is asking a question, but it, the answer is not a question. It's a statement, right? Who is the person's name? Who is on first? So you keep saying, you know, who's behind this? Who benefits from it? You know, who who is guiding all of this? Exactly. It's who? Them. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so 
getting deeper into the weeds with that vaccine passport system, they're busy building it. They're, they're pretending to be negotiating. You know, many, many nations have submitted proposed amendments. If they get it, that's just the icing on the cake. They're busy building it. If you do a search for WHO, Global Digital Health Certification Network, they have a page all dedicated to it. If they don't get it in these agreements to be legally binding, they're likely to just roll it out on a voluntary basis. And a lot of people will go, oh, this is wonderful. It's so wonderfully convenient. Let me sign up for it. And now you're hooked. Okay. Now let me ask so, you when when you talk about that though because of what then what that says to me because I've I've done a whole show in in Joe Biden's infrastructure act uh there's mm -hmm. a lot of stuff that people did not see about a blockchain ledger technology I believe to track and trace surveil us that probably connects to that because the whole thing even when I saw in um you know, most people don't know, but my audience does, and I'm sure your people do. Barack Obama signed on to Agenda 2030 in 2015. Well, Biden-Harris had a big uh, event. World Health Organization was included in uh, September of 2023, restating their commitment to the 17 development goals, which includes all of this. And uh, also in there had a lot, again, about infrastructure, ledger technology, uh, track and tr blockchain, all of us being on a blockchain is that is, is what they were talking. It's what the Biden regime is talking about. The agenda 2030 commitments. Is that connect? Is, is this the one in the same? Basically. And, you know, Mel, I mean, you understand, um, if you have a respiratory infection, being on a blockchain is the thing that you need to spend millions on. <laughs> it's obvious, right? Of course, it, it, they make it. They make it seem like it makes sense. Now, um, we'll get more into the weeds. I just wanted to clarify for people out there. Uh, I know Donald Trump, which I'd like him to explain uh, again, uh, pulled out of the World Health Organization. Our, our funding of that. Then, of course, Biden went in, went right back in. But um, Bill and Melinda Gates, and I believe the CCP, are they the the up there too? As as because when we talk about track and trace surveillance and the vaccine passports, all I keep thinking about is the Chinese social credit score and how every single person in China basically has. You see all the videos that like when you are looking into it, people have like numbers like their cattle in China, and they're all yeah, graded yeah. on everything and all of that. So if they're involved in that. People should be alarmed because that to the CCP is normal practice. And I think they're the big one of the biggest funders. Well, you know, that's the ultimate goal. Um, what happened back in June, July of um, 2023 is the two year run of the European version of that died. And, you know, they had tried to get a digital COVID passport going and they did for a while. But, you know, people got tired of it and COVID kind of faded and the two year run of that died. And so they had a big old ceremony. A lot of people misrepresented and misunderstood it. Essentially, the European Union handed over. And these are my words, the dead carcass of the digital system that they were using. And the WHO made a big deal. Oh, thank you so very much. So they accepted, you know, basically all the protocols, all the software, all the applications, you know, it, that's really all this is, is it's just data crunching right. and getting uh, getting databases to be interoperable. I, I think the, the gemstone that they're looking for, uh, you know, people maybe know the um, First Amendment, Second Amendment, 
How about the Fourth Amendment, where you have a right to privacy yeah. in your papers, right? They want to get at all of the data in the United States because we don't have a centralized national full-on database. Now, me personally, I haven't been to a medical doctor since I was 19. I don't exist in their database. Right. But people who go to doctors and check the little box and sign in, you just gave away your your personal information right. without paying attention. Exactly. And so they want access to all of that to have this, you know, global digital health certification network. The ultimate goal, you know, is the example is is China. But I want to get deeper down into why they're really negotiating these agreements, because it starts from this trade dispute where they felt they were not getting adequate access or equitable access to things that you or I don't really want. Why Why do they want more? You know, Do you want more people to be on a ventilator with midazolam and run death is near and all these jabs? Well, you have to put that aside because once you put that aside and you realize this is all about money, yeah. And they want to be able to make the profits by doing that to their own people. Yeah. And the initial response that was presented or um, proposed at that same um, meeting where they pretended to adopt amendments on May 28, 2022, they set up a process to negotiate this large pile of amendments that many people now are aware of. Right. They were all submitted by September 30th of 2022. They kept it secret until December, but then it was revealed. And the one piece of that, that I think people are not giving enough attention to, I think is really the core, Bangladesh as an individual nation, and then the group of African nations, which there are 47, mm -hmm. um, submitted very similar, but separate, proposed new Article 13A documents. And that, I think, tells the story. They know that Tedros, whoever the director general is, can declare a public health emergency of international concern just pretty much because he wants to. Right. Doesn't, doesn't have to follow his advisor's recommendations right. and doesn't really need any evidence. But once he's done that, they want to add the authority to decide what is needed. They want to add the So they authority. want to control the commerce behind it too. So it's not, when he calls a pandemic, it's not for the health of the people. It's to kick in a, a you know, financial buying and selling frenzy, it appears. You know, you're slowing down. It took you about a nanosecond to figure that one out. <laughs> It's okay. just shocking to me how blatant it is when you when you take away all their fluffy language and their inverted uh, explanations of stuff because it's so obvious. And and I keep I and I want to just remind the audience again, and I, I would just want to check with you before we go forward. They've expanded the definition of a pandemic to almost anything they want it to be. It, it appears when you look at because that was part of this, too, in the last few years, correct? Um, in an amendment to Article 4, they want to change it from um, an emergency to the potential for an emergency. Well, you know, you, your front stairs are potentially, you know, a source of well, cause of an accident, right? So, you know, but in addition to giving him the authority 
to decide what is needed. He would be the person to decide um, on an allocation mechanism. And then he could tell nation A, most likely a developed nation, that their manufacturing base had to make what he said was needed and deliver it to the country that he said needed it. Now, that's pretty darn totalitarian, dictatorial, Marxist, communist, control the means of production. Right. You know, now I get it. If your neighbor knocks on your door and says, hey, you know, can I borrow your lawnmower because mine's on the fritz or we're baking a cake and we need some flour or sugar or whatever. Hey, if I got something and you need it, happy to help out. But wait a minute. What if your nosy neighbor down the street knocks on your door and says they know of a neighbor further down the street who needs something and they know that you have it, so you have to give it to them? Right. Um, that would be Tedros. Wow. This is okay. that, that people have to understand that this it's just like everything else. I did a show not well, probably three years ago about all of Bill Gates's uh, things between Gavi. He also is behind the global ID uh, movement and push with a bunch of other big tech companies. Everyone knows their names. And um, it just seems that the World Health Organization again and again, and I don't know if it's because of who Tedros is or who I'd love to see what his house looks like uh, (laughs) when all these people, but um, keep deferring to this guy. As far as I know, even from his past, he, he has a very shady past. He's not a doctor. He's been put in this position and this is extraordinary power. And people keep saying out there, you know, the fake fact checkers and the debunkers, they probably hate you as much as they hate me. Um, they can't, they're, they're the worst in the world. I can't believe people do that for a job and they know they're lying to everyone and it's been such a scam, but I think they're, it's falling apart. But um, they say that the World Health Organization is just suggesting this. This is where, this is where the things change because from what I can see, and you'll get into because we're going into it more, they're not just suggesting it. The goal of the, I believe what's coming up in uh, May or June is to make it mandatory that you listen to Tedros and follow his lead. That is where it gets really shady and scary, but the fact checkers say that's a conspiracy theory. Well, um, I can explain how that happens, but let me give you the details first, because both the African nations and Bangladesh proposed very similar versions of what I just said. Bangladesh proposed crossing out the phrase non-binding in the definition of a recommendation. That's as clear as clear can be. But then Malaysia proposed in Article 42, changing the language so that recommendations shall, which means must, be implemented. So all of those things together would essentially make Tedros be what the Romans, you know, when when right. in Roman times, if there was an emergency, they would appoint someone who would bark orders. He would dictate, you got to do this, you got to do this. He was the dictator. And so they've realized that in an emergency, people have a tendency to follow orders because they're afraid. And if you can keep that sense of emergency going all the time, people tend to give authority over. They tend to give up their rights and freedoms for the, you know, good of all. And, you know, I've not necessarily worked in emergency situations, but I've worked in situations where you've got a deadline and you've got to make things happen. 
and you delegate you know, duties for jobs to get done, but you do that with respect for everyone's ability and for their rights and freedoms. You can be in charge of emergency actions and still respect people's rights and freedoms, right? But they use that as a way of taking over. Now, the plot thickens because there's another document. And so we're just talking about the amendments that um, many people have come to know. But one of the ways that the WHO tricks people by using these fact checkers is to commingle the two documents that are being negotiated. So much of the detailed um, information is in the proposed amendments that while they did tell us what was in them back in December, some of the things that were in there, I'm very much aware, have already been dropped. Um, India proposed, I mean, the insanity of it was obvious. My jaw opened and fell as soon as I saw it. India proposed crossing out terms that are currently in Article 3, which that the regulations have to be implemented with full respect for the dignity, human rights, and fundamental freedoms of people. And, you know, their submission had that crossed out. Well, they have quietly said, and this is not official, I've heard this through the grapevine, oh, well, that was just, a, that was a goof. Okay, they didn't really mean that. And it's been wow. withdrawn. Okay, but that's just a decoy. Because all of the other stuff, the, the passport, the money, the testing, the laboratories, you know, all of these requirements, what these nations want is they, it, this is very counterintuitive and the soap opera nature of what's going on here. I think most people just, it's too complex. They want to break the monopoly that the pharmaceutical industry has over all of the poisons that they make so that they can get a piece of the pie. They don't want to talk about how deadly that pie is. They want in the international health regulations equity. Right. They want access to intellectual property and manufacturing know-how and investment capital. They want it all to be funded in the international health regulations because every nation is already a party to that agreement. Now, the problem here is I'm not a fan of the pharmaceutical industry. Their you know, chokehold on the world is killing millions of people. The smaller nations want to break that chokehold so they can get in on the profits. Because what happened in South Africa and Botswana with Omicron was they discovered some new variant, whatever people want to believe about whatever the heck the cause of all of this was. And they announced to the world, well, here's the genomic sequence of what it is we're working with here. And they felt that they fulfilled their obligations under the IHR. But then Pfizer and Moderna took that and turned it into billions by incorporating it into the booster. And so they're like, well, hold on just a moment. Um, they actually view pathogens as a national treasure. Now, if you go back to colonial times and 
you know, that might be the 60s, okay? Um, when wealthy nations colonized Africa and other parts of the world, they extracted their raw materials, took it and refined it into a value-added product to the point where it was so expensive, the place where the natural resources were obtained couldn't afford the finished product. Now think about pharmaceuticals from a colonizer's standpoint, okay? You go into a jungle somewhere or you know wherever it might be where people are um, dealing with unknown pathogens, you find a really good pathogen that has potential to be a biological weapon and you turn it into either a drug or a jab that you can sell to the Western world who can afford to have their money printed, you know, digitally yeah. and make enormous profits. And well, sorry, but we're not going to sell that to the nations who can't afford it. What, what the relatively smaller nations are pushing back against is corporate colonialism. Yeah. Yeah. And also and, it's another way, because I think also a, a part of this, because I do a lot of shows on the, on the BIS and, and they're, their partners at the IMF and World Bank is it's another way to do that without without going through them. You're going through the World Health Organization, but it's another way to uh, enslave and and capture smaller nations in Africa and other places in the world by saying we'll give you this and uh, we own we own your population and you'll have to sign up for this track and trace surveillance system and you'll have to let Gavi and whoever else come in here in the UN. I mean, it's a, it's another way to capture the nations besides financially giving loans. Now, now it's, I mean, it seems like because that model, the the money model is kind of failing. I see the climate model, but now because of talking to you today, this is the same thing just with health. And what's more important than health? It's it's unbelievable. Well, for for many for many people, amazing. obviously money. Yeah, obviously right. money for many people. So. It's to, a capture, this, though. It's to capture these na these na to control them totally. It sounds like. So to to keep this clear, okay, the track for amending the international health regulations has missed their deadline. Oh. They they know very well that they were obligated to present, in their words, a package of targeted amendments to the international health regulations in alignment with Article Fifty Five which said that they have to do it four months in advance of the May meeting, which was January 27th. So they missed their deadline to show all of the nations, well, here's what we're going to be considering in May. Now, they're conspiring, and I am using that word because I have evidence of them plotting right. to just ignore that rule. And they have um, a meeting set for for next week, February 5, 6, 7, 8, and 9, okay. where they're going to be presenting new language to the various nations. The Bureau has written a new version, which you know I haven't had an opportunity to see it. You haven't had an opportunity to see it. The nations don't even know what it is. And that's after the deadline to submit the final version. Okay. And so, you know, I've published evidence very clearly because they stated in their recorded meetings it's all on video they knew back on october 2nd that they were not reaching agreement because they're fighting over money 
Yeah, and, and on so, top of that, we just saw because the timing. I just want to stress for this timing because people might have seen this online, or I think I'm sure I shared it because I always, whenever I can make fun of him, I do. Um, uh, Tedros was online this week. It was a video. It must have been very recent where he's mm -hmm. and and he was also, I believe, at the Davos meetings last week as well, mm -hmm. where they were panicking about trust and conspiracy theorists and misinformation was their big topic fighting that, especially when it comes to world health. Um, he was saying that his entire treaty was in danger because of these conspiracy theorists out there and the anyone questioning the legitimacy of, of the World Health Organization and what they are doing is a conspiracy theorist who's detrimental to the, the world and needs to be shut down. And like I said, not that long ago, Google, which is YouTube and others, updated their commu their community standards to include to basically say that the World Health Organization can decide what is put out on any of Google pl Google's platforms and what is censored. So he is feeling the heat, and and you're one of the main people on the planet. There's people all over the world, and you're one of them that has been really putting the pressure on on the people of these nations, including ours to look at this and now he's feeling the heat do you is this about maybe that they're not putting out this stuff in public because of that because they are they are scared of the pushback and that somebody like you or my friend Norbin Laden's going to pick it up right away and put it out there so they're maybe at this point some of these groups including the WEF they don't seem to care. It is, it is they want what they want by any means necessary. So if they can slide something through without anyone knowing, you know, they will. But he seems to be uh, uh, nervous that he's going to actually this time be unable to do that. What's what are your thoughts on that recent uh, video uh, that went viral of him? The truth, the truth is complicated, um, and I'll have a little fun with it first. Okay, okay. many people are. And, and I mean this sincerely, many people are putting out misinformation because they're cross-pollinating right. information I... from this document onto sure. that document. So he very carefully chooses his words. He says, well, the pandemic accord, which is not technically even really a thing, um, the WHO has numbers on every one of their documents. So if he wanted to be precise, he would say, you know, this particular numbered document does not give the WHO power and so forth and so on. No, 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 no. That's in this other document over here. And to shift the discussion to what many people call the pandemic treaty, he likes to call it the accord. Then they call it the agreement. It's had all kinds of different names. There's been all kinds of different versions. It comes and goes, things go in and out. It's all ever changing. I, I published an article months ago with a picture of um, a duck decoy, right? Saying, don't fall for the decoy because that's what they're doing. Look over here, look over here, look over here. When what they're really right. doing is over there. Um, what is going on with that agreement is it would not give authority to the WHO. He is correct. They want a framework convention, which would set up a new bureaucracy called the Conference of the Parties. Oh, and they they would that ring a bell. Yeah. They they would meet on a yearly basis, 
decide on all of the detailed protocols that if our nations are dumb enough to sign up to an empty framework, a framework convention, hey, we agree to agree so we can pat ourselves on the back and say, look at what we did. We reached agreement. We're saving the world. Um, We'll fill in all of the details forever. It's very analogous to the Framework Convention for Climate Change. Right. I was going to say my audience is very familiar with the COP conferences. I cover them extensively. And, and, you know, it's so funny because the Council of Foreign Relations even has like a list of the most important conferences without saying these are the globalist governance totalitarian conferences. And they would I think they'd be very happy to add one for COP for the World Health Organization. That's that's very sneaky. And so, you know, the lawyer, he's not a lawyer, but the lawyerly use of the language in saying, uh, you know, I mean, there's an old joke, you know, um, someone comes up and they have a dog and says, oh, does your dog bite? And the guy goes to pet him and the dog bites him. And the punchline is, oh, that's not my dog. Okay. And, (laughs) And so, you know, is the pandemic agreement going to give the WHO, you know, all of these powers and authorities? No it's going to set up a new bureaucracy and they're all going to agree to whatever crazy things they want to agree to. And your local governing body, whether it's, you know, school board, city council, county health administrator, whatever state, national, provincial government, whatever, the laws are already in place to abuse you. So I want everybody to understand, think back over the past four years, which government agency or business organization or group um, abused people's rights and freedoms over the last four years? Did they need any amendments to the regulations? Did they need a new treaty to do that to you? Could they do it again if you let them? So what are these amendments and this treaty? It's a trade dispute. They want to set up a system where, quite frankly, the smaller nations want in on the money laundering. They want in on, give us the ability to make these wonderful poisons so we can scare the daylights out of people. And what what they ended up with in this new agreement, I, I think people should refer to it for what they said they always wanted, which is a framework convention, like the framework convention for climate change, that they said that what they want is to employ the one health approach, which which essentially means that they want to be testing everything under the sun, not just up your nose or some other orifice. No, one health or, is a is a is a lie. It is it's, it's coming out of the UN. Also, the, the they are going to be talking about that, as you you know, uh, at the upcoming. Uh, our common agenda is like this UN um, constitution for the world that w- was the global governance, and One Health is is obviously a big part of that. So again, they're acting like this is a novel plan when they've planned it all along. And they just keep rolling it out. And because people like you out there are like, aha, <laughs> there it is, then they get very upset. But um, I feel like your work is really paying off. People all over the world are talking about this. And where are we now with this upcoming? I mean, you can continue down that path. I just want people to understand right now, they're 
they kind of seem to be, like you said, they have things due that they are past due. They have an event coming up in May that they that they are talking about. They're obviously meeting because there's videos of them. So right now, what do you suspect they're trying to do to save, you know, them? Because obviously they're panicked. They they know that they, the trust people are looking at them. What do you think they're doing right now? Mel K here. Looks like X is going to be the front lines for the battle for 2024. So I am back on X. See me at the Mel K Show, at Mel K Show, at Mel K Show. And I will see you at X on the front lines as we march into 2024 and turn this country around. See you at Mel K Show. Well, um, last weekend, I put out a really big push and a lot of people responded because the Office of Global Affairs in the United States had put out, I think, a plea for help. They put out a public comment request and the three page document was what they wanted comments on. They had about 30 questions was the most dense use of the English language I think I've ever seen. You could take one paragraph at a time and you wouldn't need a sedative for the whole month. No. And what they were essentially doing in that document is I think that they either purposefully or unwittingly, because they figured nobody would really look at it, they told the world what the sticking points are in these negotiations. And they need help to try to figure out how to make it sound nice while giving kickbacks to the pharmaceutical industry under the guise of incentives. How do we incentivize the pharmaceutical industry to give up some of their monopoly because all of these little nations are banded together? There's a group of 72, oh, wow. which are more than a third of the 194 nations. And they are not going to accept any agreement the treaty needs two thirds um, unless they get what they want. And so they're having a desperate time. And this is what Tedros said that was really important. He said that nations need to let go of their you know, choice beliefs and they need to give up something so that everybody can get something. Yeah, that would be called so, sovereignty. <laughs> <laughs> they, they want nations to cut a deal. Because everybody wants in on the public money that they want to make flow into whatever agreement they have. Right. Now, the poorer nations have been colonized before, and they understand that you know promises don't get kept. So they're demanding that the promises you know, for intellectual property and investment and manufacturing know-how are not pushed off into the future because what they're afraid of is the language that says they have to do all of this surveillance and build out all these laboratories. You know, they're savvy enough to know how the game has been played to abuse them in the past and they're not having it this time. And so the US and the European Union are having a hell of a difficult time trying to put together this business deal. Right. And that's so that's what essentially what it is. 
Yeah. Now it's, it's that too, but you know, cause I, I, this is uh really important. And the other part of this is too centralizing power, it not, not about our health, but in general, uh, cent- cause the, the, the gl- whole global governance model, the thir- 17 development goals, which this is one of them. It means that this all has to also be a, not just a giant transfer of wealth, but a giant transfer of who controls that wealth, which is the, the, how the climate change whole thing happens. You know, they want $3 trillion and a um, a global tax on carbon and all this to be put into their hands. And it's the same people, by the way, folks. It, it's the same at the end of the day. They're all hanging out in Switzerland, at least most of the time. But then the other side is that they kind of want the same thing at the World Health Organization, where they want a lot of our money transferred. I wouldn't be surprised if they're going to, at some point soon, going to say that there has to be a global one health tax as well. Because when I was reading through the global goals commitment halfway to Agenda 2030 that the Biden regime put out, uh, there were multiple things in there about world health and all these transfers of money going into different global NGOs under the guise of this. But I think all those NGOs feed into the World Health Organization, or at least are partners of theirs. So again, people have to understand that this is, you know, that we we have to be very uh, aware that the language, like you're saying, because in that video, people have to pay attention. This is why it's really important that people follow you, because he does seem like he's like very, he's, he's so broken, he's so heartbroken that people don't understand this, that they, they really need to centralize this global situation for the good of mankind. And it's like, it has zero to do with the good of mankind. It has to do with centralizing power because I think the World Health Organization is much more of a, because when I saw Cass Sonstein and their whole tag team back there, they're, they're, it's much easier to scare people into thinking that their their health's in trouble than even cl- their their the climate thing only gets so far. Health is is a lot more powerful. So again, it's it's such a it's such a con game on a on a like you said, look over here, but this is what mm-hmm. they're really doing. I mean, it's it's really unbelievable. Now let me ask you an important question. So the woman that Joe Biden put as our uh, as his liaison in the World Health Organization, uh, I first I saw a lot of things about her in the beginning. Haven't seen in a while. Where do, how does she fit into this? How how does what what is her role? Is she is she in all these negotiations with them? Because she's all in. It looks like they're all in on signing the uh, the the actual uh, not just not the pandemic treaty, which isn't you know, but the, what you're talking about that's much more um, binding apparently. Where's the where's she that the representative of the United States fit in into this? Well, um, you know, it's interesting because one of the photos of her um, out on the internet um, talks about you know being anti-colonial, okay. right? Which is which you know is the position of many of the nations who are calling for these documents. So you know, there's a lot of intrigue there. Um, there are many, many players. I actually, just before we started this, I published a, a new article where um, you can send an email to, I believe you're referring to Lois Pace. Yes. She's Lois the person Pace, who was right. there. She is the person who um, signed the uh, amendments that Biden right. proposed back in 2022. Right. But she's just one of, of many people. There were 64 delegates that went to the assembly last year. Um, they primarily talk about the amendments along with 
um, Colin McIff, who they're all in the Office of Global Affairs at the Department of Health and Human Services. Um, Javier Becerra is the chief delegate, who's the oh, yeah. um, uh, Secretary Great. of Health and Human Services. Yeah. But you've touched you've touched on a topic that I, I know we don't have an enormous amount of time, but it's worth talking about a little bit. If you go all the way back to 1948 and the joint resolution that got us involved, it says in there very clearly that for the executive board meeting, which was what happened last week, where all those clips that you're yeah. talking about came from, the person who represents us has to be trained at a you know, accredited medical school and has to be a doctor, has to go through an FBI investigation for loyalty wow. and has to be confirmed by the Senate. Well, our current Surgeon General, Vivek Murthy, is a doctor and I imagine to become Surgeon General, he was investigated. Biden put his name as a nominee back in 2022 but the Senate never confirmed him. Oh, wow. He put it into nomination again early in January, and the Senate never confirmed him. So wow. all of the people who were participating in that meeting, as far as I'm concerned, were not authorized to be speaking on right. our behalf. Now, if you go a little deeper into the um, Foreign Affairs Manual, the power flows down not through the Department of Health and Human Services, it flows through Antony Blinken. In any country, the foreign ministry is where the authority to negotiate a trade dispute or whatever they want to call this. And so I've been calling for a year and a half. Can we see the delegation of authority letters from Antony Blinken to whomever it is that is involved in these right. negotiations? You yeah. can't find them in the Federal Register. I've put FOIA requests in. I haven't gotten replies back. Who, small letters, yeah. is representing us at the WHO? And, and so, you can't, you of all people, you cannot pinpoint the person that is actually doing this specifically. Well, no, we, we, we know who the people are. They, you know, they're there. But they've never been, it's never gone through the process that it's supposed to, that actually we, the people uh, for checks and balances and all of that, it's never been officially done. I mean, if they put in official language on how it's to be done, uh, mm -hmm. that just has not been done. But there's a lot of people in the Biden administration that have not gone through the regular channels and are just um, awaiting, you know, uh, obviously because they can't probably get through it, are awaiting and they're kind of acting, which I think is a tactic for plausible deniability at the end of the day. But, um, you know, whatever the case may be, the American people should be demanding, uh, like with everything else, accountability. And if we don't have the process done properly, then they avoid that as usual, which is why it's really important to uh, continue down this path. As far as I'm concerned, this is this is very scary because I see all of big tech. Uh, a lot of these when you talk about the surveillance, there's also a lot of our banks, a lot of our uh, you know, the credit card companies, all of that, they are in, they are involved in this. So no matter what's going on, if the American people don't um, take this seriously and personally, then up to me, it's our own fault at this point. There's so much information out there and we, 
But we need to be active because I see you oftentimes put out things to contact your senators, to contact your congressman, to contact do your own FOIA requests. If we don't do this in numbers, they're just going to steamroll us like with everything else. And to think that this is anything less than a, a like people get very upset right now about that he's going to uh, whoever he is, is going to enter another war uh, front without authorization. Well, the the World Health Organization and the medical thing is no less. I feel like the the, pl- the pandemic was a is a war that the war was like it's the same thing. It's just a, it's not it's not. You know, it's not kinetic in terms of guns and and bombs, but it is as big of a weapon, this whole situation to me. Um, This may sound strange coming from me because I've been so very focused on the WHO, but I don't think that this issue is the biggest issue. You know, obviously, world war, obviously, you know, central bank digital currency and, you know, crashing the economy as as they might. this battle is one that we can actually win. Win. Yep. This is this is you know the weak link in their yeah. armor, and you can see it in their face. Yeah. You can hear it in their words. One of the videos that I put out from the meeting that they had last week, um, even the Polish delegate said the part that's supposed to remain silent. She said, "You know, um, maybe we shouldn't rush this treaty." And just uh, agree to it in May just to have an agreement. You know, we kind of really should try to get it right. Well, they're so far from getting Imagine. it right. You know, that's like, and then Lois Pace said the quiet part out loud. She said, you know, if one of these two has trouble, it's going to bring the other one down with it. Yeah. And, and, and I, so, yeah. And then another the, thing the, I want to mention is that this is a weak link for them. This is something that we can stop and we have to, not because it's the biggest thing, it's it's pretty big, but it's where we can hold the line, like the guy with the shopping bags in front of the tank, you know, no, we don't want any more of your drugs. We don't want any more of your jabs. We don't want to give you tens of billions of dollars to, you know, go into the local bat cave to pull out some guano to get another, you know, bacteria, you know, another viral contagion. That's why they had to try to push the wet market bat soup idea. What they really want to do is take the Wuhan Institute of Virology and clone it all over the world. Oh my God. as, As a means of stopping the next pandemic. Oh yeah, always. <laughs> that is insane on its face. Right. And right. what we need to do is just get people to be aware, shine a light on the facts of what they're doing. They're having trouble simply because we're watching them. Right. And we're pointing out, do you see what they said? They said that they have a deadline. And you know, it's kind of comical. A deadline is a deadline. Yeah. Right. That's their own words. While they're planning meetings next week to ignore the rule that they know the they have. Right. Yeah. Okay. And it's funny. I, this is an, another part of this. The reason I say because I, I I see all the spokes, the World Health Organization is an important spoke in the Agenda 2030 thing. But like you're saying, it's the one place other than the 
the war, like literal kinetic war or the financial system or the other where we, the people of our country and other nations can say no. I mean, this is that is that this is where we can really do that and it'll be heard and it'll be, I think, heated. But the other thing is, I think they're very scared of Trump coming back into office as well. So the urgency, uh, if you think about this too, they know Trump is going to probably do what he did last time and say, you know, we will work with other nations cooperatively, but we can make our own decisions here. So there's another sense of we have to do it now. We have to do it right. Who cares if, we, if people, you know, um, don't like it. I think that was a lot of the panic. I just, I see it. Cause I know when, um, cause Nora was, I did it live from Davos five days and she said that the people mm -hmm. in, in Davos were panicking openly panicking about Trump's popularity. What if Trump comes back? The kind of the, the he'll he'll dismantle the whole agenda 2030 that he was trying to do. Then they'll put it all back together. Now he's going to do it again. So the urgency is double because it's not just Trump. It's many other populist leaders around the world that also are saying we want no part of this. So, you know, these people are desperate right now, which is a good time and probably a good time when the desperation kicks in with these globalist tyrants. They also tend to panic and make mistakes, which it seems like they're doing right now as well. Also, it showed a lot of weakness, I thought, for Tedros. I was very happy to see him panicked. Um, so uh, let's tell the audience um, what they can do right now. A lot, First and foremost, uh, follow James's uh, Substack. It's He's prolific at keeping up on this. And again, this is a place where you actually do have power and you can probably not only, because if they have all these people, they, the World Health Organization has representatives in every state, I believe as well. They're, they are, they're spread out all over America. So this is something that you can do wherever you are, I believe, correct? Um, you know, I know they have national offices. I don't know um, specifically they if they're in everywhere. every state, but yeah. you know, the. The point really is, you know, to make this very, very simple. Yeah. Okay. Take this video and don't just stick it on Facebook or Twitter and say that you shared it. Okay. Right. What I advocate is get out your phone. You know, this is to the viewers who are watching this. Yeah. Get out your phone and ask yourself, how many people do you have contact information for that you want to censor this video from? How many people do you not want to know what we just had a conversation about? Right. So you can skip over them, but otherwise get the link to this video and send a text message to Ann and Bob and Carol and Doug, you know, right down the list. Yeah. Okay. Go into your email account and send this video to everybody there and just ask them what they think about what we've been talking about. Now, I'm going to venture to guess. 99% of them have never heard of any of this. Now, maybe they have, and they have an opinion about it. Maybe they come down on one side or the other. Maybe they think the WHO is spectacular, but the point of it isn't to convince anybody. The point of it is to build a human to human connection. If you disagree with them, if they disagree with you, okay, it's a free country. They can believe whatever they want to believe use something like this video right. to make and build a better relationship with somebody who can still think for themselves. Now, if you send this to somebody and they go, you know, 
maybe they need some help. Maybe they don't have time in their life, you know, to think deeply about the problems that we are, you know, dealing with. Okay, fine. You know, give them all the love you can. But the idea is to identify who your allies are right. and then organize your own life. Because if you've got five people that you can talk to about this, count your blessings. I agree. But try, but try to make it 50. Right. And if you've True. got 50, try to make it 500. Yeah. And then you become a force to be reckoned with. Now, I don't know how many followers you have, you know, how many people watch your stuff. But the point is, anybody can take this video and go to all of the other media, you know, alternative yeah, media people out there and go, why aren't you guys talking about this? Yeah. Mel Kay is talking about it. Right. You know, yeah. and anyone in your audience could trigger a cascade where overnight millions of people now know about it yeah. because you, you, the viewer, shared this video. Right. Everybody you could imagine. And then you multiply that, you know, hey, you know, go send it to Joe Rogan and Tucker Carlson yeah. and everybody else under the sun. Best of luck getting through to them. But go down the list and tell everyone else that you ever get any information from and go, you guys need to be talking about this. We can actually win this. Right. And and you know what? If we did win this, it would be the beginning. It would be a real issue for them because losing one of these spokes is bad for all of them. And that is what people have to understand, that this is a very, very well organized plan that has different uh, tentacles that that all come together as one. And the World Health Organization is one that they are counting on. It has lost a lot of credibility. Now, uh, just just last thing for I want everyone to understand and, and know if God forbid uh, Joe Biden uh, and his people sign on to the treaty that actually is uh, would threaten our personal choices, our nation, our our self-determination as, as sovereign nations and all of that, it seems to me that it would be very difficult to undo it. Like once, once well, that- I, just, I disagree for a number of okay, reasons. Um, number one, the treaty isn't what people think it is. And about six, seven, eight months ago, I wrote an article that said, read the damn documents. Right. And so what has happened is people have convoluted this document, that document, all these other sort of things. Okay. They're, they're trying to put together a couple of business deals. Okay. They want billions of dollars to go into this. I first got super clear on this back in November of 2022 when the Indonesian health minister was talking about the World Bank, United States pandemic fund in 2022, the Congress and passed and Biden signed the National Defense Authorization Act, right. where forget the WHO, our Defense Department has pledged a billion dollars a year to build out these laboratory networks. And the foreign minister, I'm sorry, the health minister from Indonesia said to all of the business leaders, they have this multi-billion dollar fund. This is a great business opportunity. Go invest. The pandemic treaty and the amendments do have aspects, you know, like this vaccine passport right. type thing and others right. that are trying to infringe upon your freedoms. Right. You stop that by saying no 
to your local authorities and all that sort of thing. What they're trying to do, and this is what Tedros said, if some nations don't give, then nobody will get. They're trying to put together a business deal to take away more of our pie. They want more debt and more creation of money to fund their pandemic profiteering because they figured out how to get money to just be thrown at an emergency. So, you know, the next president can just undo any agreement. That's good. That's good to know. But it's, but here's the problem. Okay. Anybody who is involved in the receiving end of that money and I've, I've stolen one of their acronyms. They talk about the public health emergency of international concern, right. P-H-E-I-C, or fake. I mean, literally, Tedros declares a fake. Right? right. Well, the bigger fake is the pharmaceutical hospital emergency industrial complex. Right. That is who we are doing battle with. And our government officials, agencies, and you know the public servants that we elect are in their pocket. That is who the enemy is. Right. Your doctor works for them as a sales rep. This is what people need to awaken to. That is the problem. When you go to the hospital, you go to the clinic, you go to the emergency room, you, you go get you know health care, you're being poisoned whether it's a short-term poison that you take orally or it's an injectable that gets you six months down the road, you've fallen for pharmacia. You've fallen for false treatments pretending to be something that is of benefit to you. And until enough people wake up and walk away from that industry, the fake industry, Pharmaceutical hospital emergency industrial complex. It's five times bigger than the military industrial complex, and it kills five times as many Terrifying. people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank Absolutely. God we know that for the first time there has been a, a lot of silver linings from the pandemic. And one of them is this, because it puts us, gives us a lot more power once we know what's going on to, you know, fight it. There's so many people. I I, I know they're going to try it again. I feel like that they're, they're, they have the pandemic. They're going to try it again. I feel like they will fail. I really I really feel like they already have done a lot of damage. But you are doing amazing work. You have been doing incredible work, and it's it's unbelievable. I keep up with your Substack. I've been following it since the very beginning, and it has kept me on the front lines because I do a different thing. I follow the international mm-hmm. banking system. But I'm telling you, they they work a hundred percent in tandem. Same language, same goals, and uh, really important to, for people to understand this. I really appreciate it. Tell everyone where to follow you. Uh, and again, I highly recommend. I think it's very important that you follow his Substack uh, if you watch me, because that's how you're going to know what's going on, because the mainstream media pretends that this isn't real. Well, the hard part is spelling my name. So James Roguski, R-O-G-U-S-K-I dot substack dot com. And I always give everybody my phone number and I mean it. Um, my phone number is 310-619-3055. I'm in California. If you're anywhere else in you know any other nation, feel free to use um, Signal or Telegram or WhatsApp, 310-619-3055. Look over all the information. There's plenty of things that you can do on the yeah. Substack. But you know, if you have a question, by all means, give me a call. I hope I'll be able to answer it for you. But, you know, here's the trick. 
anybody who calls me with a question has identified that they're still able to actually think for themselves. Exactly. People who and don't do think something. for themselves don't have they don't have questions. Right. They just do what they're told. I think that's so awesome. I get to meet a lot of I get to meet a lot of wonderful people and awesome. I get to meet you now and thank you very thank much. Thank you. Well, we'll stay in touch with you. And uh, now that I have all your info, every time I see something, I I don't have to you know uh, read it and then do my own research. I can read <laughs> it and then I can call you to make sure that I'm not going down the wrong direction. But it's really important that people understand the the centralization model and how this fits in. So I'm so grateful you explained it so so brilliantly and uh, easily easy to understand. So please share this with everyone. This is one way we can win in this battle uh, to uh, remain free more than anything else. So thank you. Thank you so much, sir. I really, really appreciate it and enjoyed the conversation. Thank you. Well, you know, the, the last um, the last line of the Star Spangled Banner is we're supposed to be the land of the free and the home of the brave. Right on. And we got to find our courage. Otherwise, we're going to lose our freedom. Yep. And I, I see it with you and I see it with me and with a lot of great patriots out there and a lot of people watching this. So uh, please do that yourselves. We uh, every, There's a lot of uh, help wanted signs out there for leaders and heroes and people to redefine their purpose. And uh, now is the time. And this is one really good way. Thank you so much. I'll see you again. Hi guys, you know for months and months, me and Michael have been talking about the water supply, what is in there, there are pharmaceuticals in the water supply, there are all these chemicals, lots of pollution, we've had all these natural disasters that leave our water not nearly as clean and certainly not as God intended, we know how important water is for our health, so we have been on a mission to try to find the best alternative to the water that is out there, including bottled water, which of course we did a whole show on everything that's in bottled water, which is almost as shocking as what's in our natural water water now. So we found the best partner we could in Healthy Hydrogen. Uh, this is a portable bottle that I use all the time, but also there are many options over there. You can get a house, a full house system. You can get a tabletop system. You can get uh, for your shower, for your office and business. They have so many great options. If you go to themelkeshow.com, we have partnered with them. So it's on our partners page, Healthy Hydrogen. I am telling you right now, the difference in this water and what it will do to your health in general is incredible. Uh, if you have inflammation, your immune system has problems, anything that you are thinking you don't know the solution for, this could be the game changer. We've been looking for the missing piece and I believe the missing piece is the water. We are so excited. They have so much science backing all of their products. They have been tested by all different groups out there that do this for a living and look at water really in depth. We have the hydrogen aspect, which is truly fascinating. Nothing is more important than water. We all know that. So make sure you're putting the best water in your body. And I assure you, this is a true, true game changer that you will see right away and will improve your health and your family's health going forward. Go check out the Melk Show Partners page, Healthy Hydrogen, and get your health back from the inside out, starting with God's great water. We will see you soon. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of the show. The narrative is falling apart, but as it does, there's so much of this fraudulent disinformation, misinformation, censorship coming from the globalists. And what we need to do is be focused on the facts, cut through everything, be discerning, and get it first and foremost out there to everyone. It is important that you know what is going on. Censorship is getting nuts. You guys know it. There's accounts all over the place that are fake, that are not me. I know you guys send me emails and I really appreciate it. And you report it and it's on Telegram and Instagram and Twitter and they're not me. So I'm super excited to announce We the People with Mel K. Be the first to join 
It's a VIP community, just you and me behind a paywall, no trolls, no nothing. We get to know each other. I will give you the facts first. I break a lot of stories a long time before other people. We can talk about past, present, future, history, what we're doing now, solutions for going forward, what 2024 is gonna look like. I'm gonna do breaking news, do a lot of deep dives. I'm gonna bring that information to you guys first in a live Q&A every week. So please click the link below and join me over there. We are going to create a community, a community that is censorship proof, it's cancel proof, it's truth, it's transparency, it's on the road to God, country, justice, everything that we want in one place. This is the most incredible, amazing time to be alive. As hard as it seems and as difficult as the battle has been for you guys and definitely for me, all I know is that we all are part of the solution. We are all involved and invested and you guys have the passion that I have. So let's join together on live Q and A's once a week with me, Mel Kay, we the people of the United States taking back this nation. This is so exciting guys. I've been dying to do this and we finally got the technology right. So please join me, click the link below. Can't wait to get started.